Hello and welcome back. Uh, once again, here we are uh, recording the Placentia Presbyterian podcast. Uh, today is episode 12 and with me is Alfredo. How you doing? Hey, Gary, how you doing? I'm doing well. It's uh, enjoying the nice warm weather. You know, it's been, yeah. uh, it's been a good week. It's been a good week. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about uh, the message on uh, Sunday, which was uh, uh, go for the bigger question. Um, and the theme kind of was questions are important. Um, tell us a little bit first how um, how uh, kind of where this comes out of Luke and how this fix, fits into and to go. So we are following, uh, again, the gospel of Luke. We are preaching and teaching from there, and we're having conversations about, you know, the, yeah, the subject, go. And, and so at this time, we were talking, last Sunday, we were talking about uh, chapter 3, verse 1 through 20, and it's all about John the Baptist uh, talking to the crowd, talking to the soldiers, talk, talking to the tax collectors and other, other people that were around there. And, um, and they were asking him questions. And he was giving them practical answers that will send them off to a particular direction. And, and if we go back to the questions, you know, the crowd asked the question, tax collectors asked a particular question, almost about the same question, but with their own particular interest in mind. And so I, I use that as a platform, if you will, to talk about uh, the importance of, you know, asking those questions. And in fact, uh, asking questions that we don't dare to ask sometimes. Mm. No, I love that you, I love that you did a whole s- a series on this. I uh, really enjoy asking questions and I, I've always liked that. I have very vivid memories of being in, I don't know, junior high and high school and being taught a lesson maybe in science and, and math, an entire period, I was the only student who asked questions, and I asked like nine, you know? Mm-hmm. And I look around, and and uh, I'm like, am I, is everyone else, does everyone else get it so much so that they don't have to ask questions, or is everyone else too embarrassed to show that they don't understand? And uh, I, I don't know, I'd rather ask the question, learn something new, uh, and not maybe worry so much what other people might be thinking about why I asked questions. I think uh, some time ago I told the church, and I'm not sure if I did this Sunday, but the previous Sunday maybe, uh, that I, yeah, it was the previous Sunday when I was talking about the, the you know, the importance of growing up in, in, in you know, like Jesus grew up and he was growing in, in stature and wisdom and in favor. And I said that when I was a, a, a young kid, I mean, I was asking so many questions. They, call, they kind of sometimes call, told, told me, um, the question, uh, the question, a kid or something like that. Yeah. Uh, actually, in Spanish, is preguntón, which is you ask a lot of questions. That was me too. Yeah. I was asking questions all the time. I'm still asking asking a lot of questions. You do, you do. I really like it. I like and you that. too. You yeah. do ask questions, right? Yeah, I think so. I think it's a good it's a good gift to have to be able to ask good questions. Yeah, that's true. I think our culture kind of devalues asking questions. And I look at that even though with the lens that we read the Bible to, we'll be listening to Jesus talk and then the disciples ask a question and we're like, Oh my gosh, come on guys, like can't you see it? It's right in front of you and they're asking, you know, pretty big questions like, um, you know, who are you? You know, and Jesus is like, who do you think I am? You know, and we're like, come on, guys, like, duh, don't you see that he's God? And then we almost like look down on the disciples because they kept asking Jesus uh, maybe similar questions or, or what, I guess as a Christian, we think as basic questions, but those were some of the biggest questions ever asked in the history of mankind. 
Well, in fact, uh, there is a book that talks about Jesus being the questioner more than the answer man. Mm. And uh, three or five questions he was he asked, and he was asked 185 questions approximately. Uh-huh. He only answered three of them, but he was always working with uh, questions, you know, like the one that you just said, who do you think I am, you know? And uh, and he asked other questions to then, uh, to the disciples and to the crowd. And we will see today, as we talk about this uh, podcast, how um, the crowd, and again, other people ask John the Baptist important questions because they really were wrestling with those questions because of the preaching of John the Baptist. And I think we have to do the same. We have mm. to listen to sermons, not just as a, you know, participants that are not engaged, but engaged participants. You know, not just listening to a good sermon and be inspired by it. I think we need to ask questions, uh, valuable questions. And, you know, what does it mean to me today? Mm-hmm. What does it mean? What does it mean to my my family, to my business, to my studies, to my even to my the way that I entertain myself, mm. whatever you preaching or teaching, right? Yeah. What do you think? Why do you? Well, let me ask you this. Ask you a question. Yeah. Why do you think um, maybe in our culture that uh, asking questions isn't more valued? I think there are more and more people asking questions these days, especially people like you, millennials, and mm-hmm. and, and and other students, and other people, students, and you know, entrepreneurs, and other people are asking questions. But in the past, I think we were more like you know the authority based uh, approach, where you know if he or she says so, or she's a PhD, or he's a you know a doctor or an engineer, what they know all, they mm-hmm. know a lot. Mm-hmm. So we were more like almost forbidden to ask questions. I think we are now understanding the how important it is to not just to listen to somebody but to to kind of re- re- wrestle with that with the with the conversation with the questions I mean with the what is presented to us with those questions, you know, ask yourself what what does it mean to me today? Uh, it's not just uh, no, that sounds good. I hear people saying, you know, um it's very inspirational. That was really good. And I wonder, to be honest with you, what mm. does it mean to them that yeah. something is inspirational or challenging or forceful or whatever, right? Yeah, absolutely. As a speaker and a teacher, um, you know, and anyone uh, telling their story uh, or speaking to someone or sharing a, a thoughtful question after is much more meaningful than that was really good. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. If someone came up to you and said, or asked you a question and wanting to dig deeper, it, we can all relate that that would feel like a little bit more engaging and possibly even more encouraging because they took the information and kind of wrestled with it than just saying, great job, good job. Mm-hmm. And I think we empower our brains and our minds, our souls, when we allow ourselves to be uh, able to ask questions, you know, and to be asked to, you know, because we are fearful too sometimes when we are asked because, like, I remember, I, it was interesting last week, Gary, when you and I were talking, I remember I remember myself uh, thinking, I hope he doesn't have the, ask this question. Okay. That question was all about, not because I didn't have an answer, it's because I thought, you know, you have to really give a really good answer to that particular question. Your question was... You know, what do you think it was Jesus was when he was growing up, you know, after 12 to 30? Remember that? Yeah. That's a very tough question, but 
it's an important one too. And I think I answered that question, but I think sometimes we have some fears regarding some questions. Yeah. It could be that you know enough, but not enough to, uh, in, uh, to provide what you think you should provide. But I think we still need to practice asking questions and learn how to do this better. Yeah, right now the students, we, last night at Youth Group, we just finished uh, our series for the, for the second half of the youth group, and it was a series called Can I Ask That? Hmm. And it was seven uh, questions that people ask about Christianity that are difficult to answer. And um, it, was a, it was a practice in asking questions. But even, even then, even though we, we dove into it, um, many, of the question, many of the students hadn't considered these yet. Um, and the, there might be questions that they'll ask of themselves as they grow older and think more about uh, Christianity and uh, I, maybe in a more critical way or just in a more uh, thoughtful way, these are the kind of questions they have. So a good example you gave of that, I want to touch on this quickly because I had the same question, was you brought out this plant that you keep in your office that uh, basically has all this trash in it, uh, but they're like coffee stirrers and little straws. And I remember we had a meeting in your office about three weeks ago. And I just saw it in the corner of my eye and I looked at it and I'm like, that's interesting. You know, that's uh, like, what is that? Like an art? Is that like art? Or is Alfredo just like his trash can got moved one day and he had nowhere else to put his coffee stirs? <laughs> and I, I could have asked you, but I didn't. I yes. just I just assumed it was, uh, I don't know what I assumed. It was interesting. And then you uh, somehow in within the staff meeting, it was brought up. And the response you gave, and if you're here on Sunday, you, you heard this, or you can listen to the uh, to the sermon on this podcast or on Facebook, um, that you do that because it reminds you every time you take a coffee stir, especially specifically made out of plastic, that it doesn't decompose and someday it will be in the earth. And so you put it in this potted plant to remind you that uh, it's almost the same thing. I might as well stick it next to this beautiful plant because that is where it'll end up someday if I don't stop using them. Yeah, and on Sunday when we have communion uh uh, communion time before communion time that you we, we gather you know the leaders are serving communion uh, and immediately when Joanna uh, Velasco entered the room the room uh, she said what is that and uh-huh. I'm so glad and I, and I told her I don't know if you remember when I said mm-hmm. you know I will answer that question for sure but oh, you didn't answer it yet no, I did. Oh, in, in, in the morning meeting, did in you answer? In the morning meeting, I didn't answer to her right away. I said, please allow me to answer that later. I for sure will answer. So I, I, that's the reason why I took the plan. Oh, to, you, you hadn't thought of that as an object lesson yet? Say that again? You hadn't thought of that already to do this, to bring that plant? I thought about bringing the plant in the past. I did, could not find the right moment okay. to do that. And when she asked the question, that was for me the actually a signal this is the right day to use That's it great. because i think we just use it for the sake of using it i wanted to bring it with a meaningful mom uh, in a meaningful moment and she said that she said why do you do that and i'm like yeah i have an answer for that and i'm gonna answer for i answer i'm gonna answer that question today That's can great. you allow me to do that later she said of course so you remember i brought her up in and we have that mm-hmm. conversation so i think i did that on purpose because i was trying to make sure that people understand that we need to answer the question, but you can't answer a question that hasn't been asked, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And she did, and you, and you have, but you thought about it, remember? Yeah. It's the same thing that w- was happening with me when you were about to ask the question, say, oh, well, is he going to be asking, uh, is he going to ask that question? Yeah. And you did, yeah. and it's like that. I think it's exciting when you, and then sometimes it could be, I, I will give you this, it could be a little bit um, off-putting, overwhelming uh, 
uh, for some people to be asked, you know, particular questions. Mm-hmm. It should not be that way, but it could be sometimes. So what we need to do is kind of little by little introduce that practice more often and, and, and ask questions uh, m- with confidence and with respect, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I like that. And that's a great way, uh, that's a great reason for this podcast is some background information that you wouldn't have known about the potted plant was only uh, seven minutes before service started that became a part of the service. I like and that. it became a part of the service not because it was not thought before, thought yeah, of yeah. before, but you know, what would you do that if you don't have a purpose, yeah, right? The right moment. The right moment. And she, she, she was kind of the last confirmation, hey, I need to use that yeah, now. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I did use it, by the way, in another Bible study that we had uh, some 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 months ago at the Nueva Vida Bible Study in Espanol, by the way, I did it there, and they were like impressed too, you know, yeah. thinking about that, but haven't done it at church. Well, this uh, coming Wednesday is the Village, and I don't know the exact uh, teaching, but it's we're going to be learning about creation care uh-huh. and kind of like the theology of ecology. Uh-huh. So you should probably at least bring it. Oh, I can, and just yeah. sit it there, yeah. and uh, either either people will make that mental connection because they were here. Uh-huh. Or somebody else will ask a question. Definitely, definitely. So before we jump into a little bit about um, how we can ask good questions, uh, you and I had talked briefly, basically why, um, why it's important to ask good questions. And there's there's lots of reasons, and um, we can guess those reasons. You know, more information, better understand someone. But one of the things that we landed on, and this is something that you mentioned on Sunday, that I think is significant that we can talk about today is it helps eliminate assumptions. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you touched on is assumptions lead to suffering. And I think that's true on both sides of the assumption. So tell me a little bit about how um, how that leads to suffering. Well, I think if I remember this well, we were talking before the podcast this morning, right? And we said, you know, we talk a little bit about that. We do normally do that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then now, yeah, and then we ended up talking about how assumptions lead, yeah, definitely leads to, to some suffering. Why? Because I was giving you an example of somebody suffering about something that this person had to ask a particular friend of, him, of his and how this person didn't ask for three weeks or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, until he did ask the question and he was actually... Uh, wondering and worrying about something that was not real. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I think it's, it's important to see the practical side of uh, asking questions for clarification, right. I would say, because you can say something like, hey, Garrett, you know, I think or I believe or I have the impression that you you said this or you did this and I didn't feel good about it, but I cannot say, I don't have a proof, but I have an impression, an idea that you did it on purpose. Can you please tell me if that was the case? Because I have been struggling with that. Then you have the chance. Let's say that was wrong. What would you say to that, Garrett? Yeah, you would assure them like, no, that's not what I meant at all. And I'm so sorry that I miscommunicated that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm so sorry that you had to worry about that or you were thinking that. that, that's not what I intended. That's not what I. That's not what I meant. Let me clarify a little bit more about what I meant. Let me give more information, so that we can both have a better understanding of the situation. And you see, didn't this didn't happen to us? But I, f- I already felt release <laughs> that you 
kind of clarify that for me, even though we didn't have that situation yeah. because we were living into the story, right? Right now, the story that we're putting together uh, ourselves. So I think that's the feeling that people will, will have when they come to the father, to the mother, to the spouse, to the friend, to the teacher, to the classmate, to the coworker, to whoever, play, you know, play friend, playmates or whatever, that you will be able to kind of get out of that situation where you are suffering without a real reason to be suffering for. Mm -hmm. Don't you think? And so that's part of the reason I believe that you need to get rid of, in a way, you can assume, I mean, but after assuming, why don't you confront that assumption with reality? Yeah, and And there could be be suffering. I mean, someone could, I don't know, intentionally mean something maybe... Uh, critical or constructive criticism and you're you don't like that and you're not ready for that then you go and you approach them and they say yeah that's what i meant but but that's at least you're uh, i mean not that we have to suffer but sometimes we do at least we have the correct information you and we can grow and we can learn mm-hmm. i think that that's an important word you have the correct information you are not uh putting that together in your own mind by yourself you you, you have been told now and now you have the, the next option or the next possibility which is addressing this situation maybe the person is right Maybe it's wrong. Maybe half right, half wrong. We yeah. never know. But that's I think empowers communication, and and I think you don't want to be imagining stories that you can confirm with reality. Yeah. And and like I said earlier, there's 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 suffering on both sides. And I, I gave this example earlier, and thought that was, that was a good example of like let's picture the situation where where you're at the bridge and you have a conversation. It sounds like you're arguing with somebody and then people overheard the phone conversation and then the bridge is over and they see you get in the car with another woman uh-huh. that's not your wife. Uh-huh. Well, they, they make assumptions and they and they put uh, negative things on you and, and, and how you're living your life and maybe even your marriage. But come to find out you were arguing with the dealership because your car was still broken. Mm-hmm. So you called an Uber and the Uber driver came and picked you up. And uh, because of people's assumptions, you might suffer because um, maybe someone approaches your wife and says, and stresses her out and says, I need to talk to you about something. Uh, uh, it's not going to be good news, you know. Um, maybe they begin to spread rumors and you and anyone and, and you uh, begin to suffer that because there's false information out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's rumors, there's gossip, all because someone... Uh, made assumptions yeah. and didn't ask good questions about what's going on, you know, or, uh, you know, uh, taking something, taking information and making your own assumptions without the information is dangerous and it affects both people. Yeah, and I think, um, give, you know, taking your, your uh, over uh, example, sometimes the case will be that the person will not share that information with nobody and that person will continue to think about it and suffer why let's say the sure. youth pastor, the pastor, or the social pastor, whoever, or a leader, or somebody that she or he knows um, supposedly was doing something wrong. Right. Right? And then so what you do now is, uh, well, maybe I'm not suffering, you're not suffering, but the person who is dealing with that is suffering. So it's better to come. I remember one pastor one time came to me and asked me a question, you know, probably like two years ago or three years ago, I would say, and he was really worried that what he were, whatever he was thinking was right. And, and I allowed him to tell me whatever he thought needed to tell me. And then he asked me the question directly in my, on, on my face. And he said, hey, um, have you done this? Whatever, whatever he was thinking that I, I had. I said, I look at his eyes and say, no, I haven't. 
But thank you for asking because that's a very dangerous thing to be thinking about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm so glad he did. But I knew he was already suffering for more than a week because he told me, you know. Uh, And so I think... Uh, especially when it comes to the reputation reputation of somebody else, you need to be willing to be careful with that because you can create, you can make a lot of damage uh, if you don't go to the right source and ask the important questions for clarification. Uh, That shows care. Uh, Some people might be offended by by that, but it's better to be slightly offended than badly harmed by assumptions yeah that's really good and thank you for sharing that so let's talk a little bit about now that we know you know why we have other reasons why it's important so how can we ask good questions um and these are some of the things that you challenged us with on on sunday or invited us to participate in and um you know i think i think one of them is is important and i think that it's a skill because i notice this in my marriage uh, it's a skill that takes time and practice and that's listening well yeah. And um, it's something that I don't think that, I don't know, maybe we're not taught uh, how to do that without uh, being in intentional relationships. But um, tell us a little bit about ways that we can practice uh, listening well. Okay, so my um, my pastor's, uh, pastor's wife, her name is Judy, she's an, an amazing person. She, she and her husband have been missionary for 50 years already. And she one time told us, she was giving a class, and she said, you know, uh, she, uh, she kind of talked to me and said, you know, Alfredo, you know why we need to listen more and speak less? And I said, why? And she said, because we have given, we have been given two ears and one mouth only. Yeah. And if you add to that two eyes, most of us have them. Uh, you have, you know, four tools, if you will, mm-hmm. to pay attention and to listen more than to talk. So, Perhaps listening also entails your eyes, if you have them, if you are able to see and and hear clearly. So you have four tools that you can use to see and listen intentionally to to see how you you will understand the other person's points of view and story. But you have to make a decision that you want to do that. Uh, So what it is normally is that as I am telling my story, or you are telling your story and sharing your thoughts, the other party perhaps is thinking how to respond to that instead of really listening to the whole thing, mm. to the whole story, and to see how this person even is using their you know, their body expression, the body language, to communicate with their heart and their minds totally what they really want to say. Uh, and that's important. So I guess you need to use your tools. Uh, and you have four tools if you are. I mean, I... You know, some people have a hard time hearing and or even seeing. Uh, but uh, you know, you were we were given abilities uh, to listen and to see before to speak. Yeah, I like that. I I think uh, thinking about uh, all the different tools we had to listen. I think we even have our hands and our body language. Yeah. You know, if you were to cross your arms and cross your legs and and uh, you know look off into the distance, it's not as it's not as good as if you're open, your body language is open, and you're leaning in towards someone, and your your eyes are connecting with theirs, and you're, I guess what we call active listening, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're responding, you're taking some of the things that they that they said, and you're using that in your response. Um, gosh, I think it goes a long way. So I'm going I'm to take this in a really interesting way, because I saw something this week. Um, Google had their, they're called Google I.O. It's their one 
uh, weekend a year where they release new products. And they're doing, and this is the one that blew everybody away. So they're, they're st- they've been working on it for about four years, and they're still a couple years off. But in the future, in the next few years, you'll be able to say, call your Google Assistant, not call, you'll be able to activate your Google Assistant on your phone mm-hmm. and tell Google to uh, make me a reservation at um, any, any restaurant that has a phone number, not, mm-hmm. not, not just a restaurant that has online reservations. Or Google, uh, make a haircut appointment at, you know, Maria's Salon. And Google uh, will call them and say, "Hi, um, I'm I'm making a reservation for uh, for my client uh, Lisa," and and this is a computer doing this. This is uh, artificial intelligence, and then the person doesn't. The goal is not to say, "Hi, this is Google." Uh, the, the goal is for them to think that this is a real person, so that they give them good information. Okay. And one of the ways that they do that is why the person is talking, like, uh, "Let me check my uh, calendar." Google says, "Mm-hmm, okay." And uh, just says voice things. And when they respond, like, um, it looks like uh, we might have something at 10, but we don't have anything at 1230. Then Google will use some of those words. Okay, nothing at 12. Um, I think 1030 is okay. How about 1015? And and the Google artificial intelligence will practice active listening. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, uh, it uses its voice, like, mm-hmm, okay, to, to let them know that they're listening. And then it takes some of the words and phrases that the the real person used and incorporates that into their response. Yeah. And I think that the reason why it does that is because it, I, I guess it wants to to trick the person that that's a real human and 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 uh, true human engagement interaction. Uh, th- the best way to do that is to actively listening and participate in a two way conversation. I think they also has been called rephrasing mm-hmm. what you're hearing. So you tell, uh, like right now, let me just practice that. I heard you saying Google have a system, you see? Yeah. And so you go that way and, and you tell them whatever you thought you heard. And that's basically two-ways communication, right? And so if you, if you go back to the chapter that we used to, uh, on Sunday, chapter three, look, look chap, chapter three, you know, the way it, it goes is this way. So the crowd said, what shall we do then? And John, who was preaching, Look at that. That's interesting. He was preaching. Now he's interrupted. He said, what shall we do then? And then he says, immediately, he, had, he, he was listening. He was paying attention to them. And now he says, if you had two shirts, share one with those who, with those who doesn't have one. Uh, uh, and, then, and then the tax collector, same question. And then the, the um, soldiers, some soldiers, same question. And he gave them a particular answer to the particular realities. And I think we have to be mindful of that too. You know, tax collectors have their own realities, soldiers, and the crowd. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking to somebody, remember that person, is, his name is Garrett, no Marcus or Peter or, or Paula or whatever is, is Garrett. So Garrett is very particular. He is not somebody else. And that's the reason we need to be able to listen intently uh, to re- discover what is it that Gary wants to say? No, mm-hmm. what is it that I think he says? But what is it that he wants to say? Um, and by doing that, we will be able to provide a better answer mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. people. Um, and so chapter three is all about that. And remember the question, the, the, the subject is go for the bigger question. Why? Because at the end, the, the 
question number four that never gets to be asked, at least in this particular passage, which is the Bible said that they were wondering mm. if John the Baptist was the Messiah, but they never asked him. Right. At least right. in that particular moment. They later, some of them later ask, but not in that particular case. And so I that's what I think I said to the congregation. Stop wondering and start asking. Yeah. How, how do I you see that. that? No, it, it made me think of um, when you were saying that. Uh, it's it's kind of formulaic, right? So it's like if you're wondering what questions to ask, um, uh, I don't know, in a conversation or what's the biggest question to ask, uh, the first step is to is to listen well. Uh, because if you keep thinking about what questions you want to ask, you'll miss the most significant one. And that is the question that um, helps you connect with the person or get, get to the, the truth or the meat of the conversation. Um, and so I think that even though it seems counterintuitive maybe to know what question to ask, start by just listening, uh, listening more. Uh, that's 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 uh, not as active as asking questions. It seems a little bit inactive, but I think that's what leads to the deeper questions. And I like that um, we, t- we, t- we started this conversation by saying, uh, one of the things that I said was the disciples sometimes uh, seem like they were asking redundant questions or how could they ask these questions, but in reality they were the most some of the most important questions asked in the history of mankind. At this moment, when John the Baptist comes on the scene, there's this, you know, I don't want to make assumptions, but there's missed opportunity to ask one of the most significant questions ever asked up until that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, are you the Messiah? And I know John the Baptist would have given this amazing answer that pointed towards Christ because he, he does that later. Um, and that would have been, I don't know, uh, more people looking uh, to the Messiah, more people understanding who Christ is when he comes on the scene. And I think that would have, um, at least historically, fascinating to think of what kind of, I don't know, difference or historical significance that would have if those questions were asked. Yeah, Gary, I don't know how much time is left, but I would like to ask, to propose this question, This um, th- th- to propose this. You know, sometimes, especially, particularly in close relationships, like father and mother and, 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 you know, children and spouses, that, that kind of very close, you know, intimate relationship. We don't get to ask those questions sometimes. Hmm. And I think part of that is because we are assuming that I already know my spouse. Hmm. You know, I've been with her or him for the last 15 years, 20 years, 20, 40 years, you name it. And I already know everything about this person. We, I mean, let, me, let me tell you. This is very surprising. You don't know this person really well if you think you really know him or her. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Because you already assume that whatever you really uh, have to be known about this particular person, you already know it. That's not true. No, even himself or herself knows himself or herself totally, mm-hmm. as you some people think they they do. Uh, so the the amazing thing about the human dis- discovery is that you always get to know something new if you get to explore. Yeah. You have to. And so, uh, to be honest, I mean, you know, I've been married for 24 years almost. And even yesterday when we were celebrating Carolina's birthday, uh, you know, we have some pr- surprises. We have other questions to ask. Yeah. And I was asked two questions uh, for one of my sons that I, I never thought he will, but he did. And I was glad that he did, you know, because that's the, the important thing. You know, you don't assume that you know your son or your daughter or your spouse or your coworker. You continue to discover the person as you continue to discover discover yourself. Yeah, I love that. And, and what an act of love to ask questions about somebody because you want uh, to learn more. Um, you want to know more about them. You uh, 
they receive that as interest and they receive that as love when you when you ask questions to get them to know them even better, even though you've known them for 25 or 30 years. I think that's really great. And what, and what a great example of the benefits of, of asking questions and listening well. Alfred, I want to thank you for being with us today. I want to encourage everyone to continue to, uh, to uh, listen and subscribe to our podcast. We appreciate um, all the feedback. And uh, we're so excited that you could be a part of this community. Uh, next week, uh, we will be having um, uh, Tobin and myself and Mindy talk a little bit about our experience in Tijuana on the Global Immersion Trip. Um, so make sure you check that out. And uh, as always, uh, we'd love to see you here on Sunday mornings at 930. Thanks, Alfredo. Thank you, Garrett.